Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Josh. Welcome to the What's Gleeful up? Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Genevieve Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. Uh, we, have, we are gathered here on a beautiful President's Day morning. Um, having spent a weekend in Carlsbad where we went to Legoland. Yes, we did. Which was how uh, grown-ups spend Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even those without kids. <laughs> that's how we did it. But that's how we do. And uh, Ed, how are things uh, where you are? You're, you are not no longer in California, last I heard. I, I wish I was in California. I walked outside to take out the trash. I was like, WTF snow what well, I didn't want to come back and I now know I should not have come back like, what was <laughs> I well I, I wasn't thinking anything I would have stayed there forever I think I might be going back one at least one more time to California thank goodness get me out of this cold snap <laughs> how bad is the how bad is the snow in Indiana it's like it's nothing it's only two inches it's like nothing like oh, i yeah. i real i realize like compared to boston or new york or uh, any anywhere else even chicago was worse but i just i just would rather be in uh norcal obviously <laughs> and obviously. jennifer uh jennifer where you're from in boston it's two inches since we started recording yes I mean? at least yeah. um <laughs> at least well I, you know and all my friends are posting pictures and i feel so bad i mean like the snow drifts are crazy like some of them are you know 10 feet tall but there's um, one friend posted a, a picture of her above ground pool which is a five foot pool it's just covered like you can't even see it so in her backyard over five feet of snow that's not going anywhere anytime soon and they're getting another storm what's today uh today's monday so they're getting another sc- storm tuesday wednesday it's wow. crazy it's crazy. But Meanwhile, in Southern California, it's currently like 80. Yeah. And, well, uh, I think it's 72 right now. But let's not be jerks about it. That's kind supposed of, to go that's warm this week. Mean. Yes, it is going to be warm this week. <laughs> we will not complain about it at all. But no, no, was, no. I'm not complaining. It was negative three at the, the lake house where my parents <laughs> have. Oh. So, that yes. That sounds so horrible. Hope everybody's safe and warm. Yes, uh, we are gathered uh, to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled Transitioning. Uh, This is the episode in which we met Sheldon Beast. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the episode in which uh, we got to uh, spend a little more time with Clint, the um, lead member of Vocal Adrenaline who cannot figure out how to speak English. And uh, we... Have also spent some time with a uh, uh, with with the possible return of Clay and the definitive return of Samshul. So that all came together. Uh, but before we get too far into it, let's go around the group and we'll see what everyone thought. Jennifer, what did you think of the episode transitioning? Um, I had I had a lot of issue with this episode. <laughs> There's so. Okay, on its surface, it was fun. The performances, the songs. It was, you know, enjoyable in that respect. But uh, I have so many issues with this episode. I don't even know. I mean, we'll we'll go through them point by point. But it's just, yeah, so many problems with this episode. Wow. Sorry. (laughs) Ed, uh, what did you think of transitioning? I came out of watching it uh, feeling good about Glee, shockingly. <laughs> so uh, I was just, I, I, I don't know whether, there is a very 
definitive possibility that I've lowered the bar exceedingly low, so that way <laughs> yeah. I can come into it, keep coming into glee with like, oh, I legitimately didn't hate everything about this. So, right. so, so, I think. I don't know. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put this as at least a B to B plus season six Glee episode. No, oh, so you're putting it within the context of season three. It is a B to B plus episode. Yes. Uh, interesting. I I think I'm definitively between the two of you, uh, as tends to be. Um, there were parts of it I quite liked. Um, there were parts of it I would really found annoying and kind of time consuming. Um, On the one hand, uh, I feel that, you know, on a show that tends to not stick the landing, I felt that they handled Sheldon Beast uh, pretty well. Um, Yeah, well, that's what the that's what the why it's getting such high marks for me. (laughs) Whereas on the other hand, um, you know how they handled uh, the the vocal adrenaline will storyline, I actually felt was pretty clumsy and mostly annoying. Um, so, oh, you know, oh. it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a 50, 50 back and forth. Uh, Ed, what were you going to say? I mean, I don't know. I, 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 the, the Will storyline, that was a problem, but, <laughs> uh, but it was like, it was like both self-satisfying that he got attacked and, and self-satisfying that he succeeded. So I was like, okay. <laughs> well, so let's dive right into uh, the Will storyline. We opened up with Will and Vocal Adrenaline. Vocal Adrenaline singing uh, You Give Love a Bad Name in this episode. Uh, and then uh, Will butting heads with the current lead of Vocal Adrenaline, a 42-year-old man named Clint, uh, who has a uh, very strange way of speaking. And uh, they they just could not see eye to eye on how vocal adrenaline should be led. Uh, Will ended up spending a lot of time talking to someone I barely recognized and thought he had put in a hole uh, named Emma uh, and his very cute small child and ended up uh, ended up leaving vocal adrenaline at the end of the story. Um, at least for me, I guess I kind of I, I, the struggle I had going back and forth was um, I've seen this plot line many times on shows before. It was actually funny because I really felt they were trying to do like a Friday Night Lights plot line here, you know, with like the boosters that are like, yeah, I really like you as long as you keep winning. And, uh, and you know, the star quarterback. And things, yeah. Exactly. And the star quarterback that's kind of coaching the team more than the coaches. All right. It was kind of funny. Um, what didn't work for me was the end game in this plot line. I felt it just kind of wrapped up kind of limply. Like, I would have much rather seen Will, like, genuinely outsmart vocal adrenaline and in some way, like, outsmart Clint, where at the end of the day, all he really did was, like, I'm going to teach you a lesson that you're not going to pay attention to, and then I'm going to quit and walk away. And yeah. to me, it was just empty. It was a, it was a total empty victory. That was... that. Okay, so that's one of my first points, is, like, I don't understand why we're wasting time trying to care whether or not this group that we don't care about but you know they're they're new directions lifelong nemesis fine why are we gonna try to teach them a lesson by performing two songs nice songs great to see unique back so happy to see her but why waste the effort on them when they're not going to get it and the fact that they even said from the very beginning we know how to unnerve new direction we're going to pretend to be intolerant (laughs) and you know, just just unnerve them that way, and that's how we're going to win because they should know they're just good enough to win, and they should just be 
opening their eyes to see that there's only like four actual people that can sing on New Direction right now. <laughs> there's like so like I got so caught up in all of that. I was like, you know, good message, you know, good good cause to uh, draw attention to, but. Why, why do we care if they do or don't get this message? Like you said, you know, they're, you know, Will's putting all of his efforts into that. And they, they could easily find like a stupid, simple other reason for him, a quicker reason for him to get back to New Direction as opposed to having this big elaborate thing. So that was really frustrating for me. And I'm like, we got to see more of them than, you know, the 3.0s who, okay, they introduced us at the beginning of the year to characters that were instantly interesting instantly likable clearly of great talent but yet we still get ubiquitous um uh vocal adrenaline performance yeah we even had the moment of uh mercedes <laughs> saying i got roderick which one's roderick yeah oh and it's it's and it's just like they, there's so many oh, i feel like it's just too little too late i mean i do like um Sorry, which which story? We'll do this bit by bit. So we're well, still on the Will story. Yeah, we're still talking a little about Will. Yeah. yeah. So I just, it's just, it's hard. And then the fact that Will has ultimately turned into the same materialistic, you know, being that he left his first wife for being. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for him to pull like two teak, you know, toilet bowl brushes out of his hidden craft closet. You know, it's like he's become her. I mean, there were aspects of that. There was an honesty to that that I actually appreciated. You know, like, it's really easy to have no, you know, like you said, it's really easy to not have principles uh, when you don't have mouths to feed. Or it's really easy to have principles when you don't have mouths to feed. Uh, Whereas the other other side of that, which he didn't really state explicitly, is it's really easy to have principles when you're not surrounded by super nice stuff that you might lose um but, but he's not gonna lose the stuff he's just gonna stop getting it well i mean that's the other issue too yeah i mean it, it, it the whole thing was kind of interesting i don't know it's it uh it it just just there was just no victory in the plot line yeah. like it was just all kind of, it felt very much ado about nothing well, to me. It, it wasn't it wasn't hurting will schuster i thought that was the plot line it wasn't hurting Will Schuster. It wasn't wasn't that the wasn't that the point of the that his whole story so that he can get hurt a little bit at least some <laughs> in some way. I, in that way, I felt very I felt very accomplished. <laughs> you feel like wounded. he needs to be punished for six seasons of sins? <laughs> yeah, I, and I thought I thought like it almost like I was like oh good he's losing stuff in his life finally. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about Will in this episode, Ed? I mean. Uh, I, I was like kind of liking him for for about three minutes into the show until they started Macklemore. I was like, oh god! I know what? that part was pretty funny. I was like, what are you doing? And then, and I but that did excite me because I was like, oh good, Alex Newell needs a paycheck. So that excited me too. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's very Will Will was frustrating. I felt Emma's dialogue was either stilted or her acting was stilted or both, or it's just like, it's just like these two characters that don't care about the two people who, two actors who don't care about the characters playing a role. <laughs> or I'm, each I'm other. I'm certain I've seen better, better play acting in adult films. 
Actually, I know for a fact I have. It's definitely more chemistry in those films. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they had no chemistry together in this yeah. scene. I, I she feel just like looks so tired. She did not. She was just kind of there in a very thankless role. You know, Jayma May is brought in for this episode in a very thankless way to kind of be like spout off some wisdom and then get the heck out of there. I mean, Go she back did to have her hole. You know that like you have to have you really have to have principles when your child is watching you is a pretty interesting statement to make i mean i i appreciate that statement but you know big picture yeah she she was not treated very friendly in this episode. she was she wasn't even funny like they tried to be funny with the pamphlet of the month club but they it wasn't it didn't it didn't it didn't land the yeah. way it could have landed which, yeah i'm like i'm like j- j- emma at her at her best was like funny for mm-hmm. for bringing like her quirky style and they didn't bring her quirky style at all. So. <laughs> yeah. She had no energy. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like, she knew, you know, like you got the sense that when she was, you know, at her peak of being a guidance counselor, like you knew that she, she kind of got the sense that she wasn't actually reaching every kid that she talked to, but at least she tried. And, you know, she, she went into it with this unwavering, you know, gusto and it's just kind of hard to see her just so I mean okay granted the scene was taken you know shot later at night and you know she was she's a new mom and I'm sure she's exhausted <laughs> but it was just like you know the, the the spark and the that you know that unwavering enthusiasm and positivity was just lost now the, the one thing we did get out of this plot line that I found kind of entertaining was everyone rolling their eyes at Will rapping like the second he started to rap and I and I was I was really trying to study Matthew Morrison and try to figure out like does he know they're laughing at him and that this is like a window into how the audience has been laughing at Will for rapping for years that was the one thing where I'm like okay this show's given us a little bit of fan service well this season has pretty much been fan service to the point of being annoying but yeah that that made me laugh when he went into one love uh but having unique back was really great i really enjoyed having her on the show it was really great to say goodbye to that character because Mm -hmm. i think that was one of the really you know that has been one of the really special characters yeah is it is it unique going to i mean one direction is or one direction (laughs) (laughs) whoa sadly sadly superior right now um (laughs) new directions is short six members so why why not i mean yeah. justice for 2.0s you gotta you gotta take what you can in this world i mean she should still be eligible she's i'm sure she hasn't graduated so yeah it's just yes it was great to see her and it was great to see a little bit you know more into her character and and now it you know at least it appears that she is uh, fully transitioned if not physically but um you know like in every being she is now unique and it's just, you know, it would have been nice to know at least, you know, where she ended up, you know, is she, yeah. gonna, she, is she in school or, or what? It, so I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just frustrating that we, I'm, I'm like, why do, why do they not care about these? N- n- they literally care about the new directions so little mm-hmm. that they would rather, they'd rather spend time with 
vocal adrenaline. That, that, <laughs> is, that is my biggest problem with this that episode. Like, like what? That, that, well, that's my second biggest. No, that's my first biggest problem with this episode. The next one will come up next. But yeah, it's like, it's just, it's just sad. And I, that's where I feel like this, a little bit of this is, is just a little too little too late. You know, I'm, you know I'm maybe, introduce... maybe this would be more forgivable in a 24 episode season yeah. where there's, where there's the potential of season seven. Yeah. But in a, but in a 13 episode finale season, shouldn't it? I don't know. I, yeah. I agree with I, that. I, I just, whenever you see Broderick's face, when, when they're like pan to the audience, when uh, alumni are singing, it's like, he's like, this is not what I signed up for. I'm yeah. like, I know I feel bad for you, <laughs> but take the paychecks while you can. Take them yes. Like- yes. As long as you're on screen and you get a song, but the so this kind of will transition, I guess, into the thing. So that's why I was so annoyed that they create they made um, vocal adrenaline the bully to kind of set off this lesson of tolerance for um, Sheldon's uh, transition. But it wasn't even. But they weren't even really the bully. They didn't I know. care. And, I know. So yeah, they didn't and, care. And, and that's why I feel like it's too little, too late. And I also feel like it's kind of a disservice to, you know, uh, tra- transgender people. It's like, well, you know, couldn't you have come up with some other reason to, you know, introduce this lesson, or to to do these songs, or to you know to bring out that choir? I just feel like okay, maybe maybe Sheldon had second thoughts, or maybe there was some other real, you know, real external influence, some real bully out there that hurt him and not you know not you know use this other this other group that even admits they're not even they're not even sincere about being intolerant it's just it's like i feel like it's a little dismissive and insulting it's like the only issue that this person will ever have in their life because you know they've struggled with this their whole lives and and now he's transitioned into a male and he has no second thoughts, no no family that has um, any issues with it. I mean, at least with, you know, Santana and her abuela, you know, she's stuck to her guns. She's like, I, I still love you, but I do not accept you, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely and I, and right. And I feel like that this, like, this made-up nemesis <laughs> is insulting to what real, you know, transgender people may have gone through. That's yeah, because I mean, because they made a big deal of it. You know, they did two big songs and they they made a big deal of it, but yet they didn't give it any. You know, what am I saying? Like they didn't they didn't give it any real. Heart they, they, or well, real turmoil. They, it, 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 the weight is robbed of the situation when it's not. a a true bullying like when they're bullying but they don't actually mean it It, it, it's kind of like you know the like glee's struggled with this in the past you know it's like not every bully and not every guy who bullies a gay kid is secretly gay Mm -hmm. not every um group that bullies a transgender male uh is secretly just doing it to make a statement and actually doesn't care um i think that's why the abuela story is so impactful like some people are just straight up intolerant and Mm -hmm and make no qualms about that uh you know there's like a plot in the in the second season of queer as folk where one of the kids gets gay bashed and the guy like while he's on the stand is still saying i have absolutely no problem with what i did um you know it's like some people are just bad and mm-hmm. on glee they tend to try to give kind of melodramatic kind of after school special reasonings for things and you're right i think in the case of of this story with sheldon um they did kind of rob rob Mm -hmm. the power out of it 
it did it did kind of take the power out of that yeah. uh we did we did spend a lot of time with sheldon in this episode we actually uh got to see dot marie jones play that character kind of all the way through uh and you know for me i felt that while glee as i've as i said at the beginning while while glee tends to not quite stick the landing kind of chicken out uh at the 11th hour on some of these heavier issues then that was sheldon like they they did really kind of play through that character and really kind of spend some time with what his experience um is i mean i love i love the conversation that he had with unique you know the line about like i finally feel normal and yet nobody's treating me like i'm normal and unique saying you're not normal you're special I mean, that, I thought that was a really beautiful statement. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you're not normal, but yeah. that's okay. And you had the courage you know. to, to, you know, take these risks, make this change. Yeah. And I think that's... And not care what anybody thinks about it. Yeah. You know, you you are threatening to people, uh, but not for the reasons that they think you are. So I, I thought that was a really beautiful kind of moment. Um uh, other than that, you know, I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see if we spend any more time with Sheldon. But Ed, how did you feel about uh, the reveal of Sheldon Beast in this episode? I thought I thought it wasn't going to happen, but when it, right. but I'm glad it did. And I think something that the writers did very well was they had Shel- they they showed Sheldon being like her like I don't know praise might be the wrong word, but like they were the way Sam and Sue were <laughs> talking to him was just it was just like over like it's it's like all of a sudden sheldon was a cause or something and you don't want to and uh sheldon isn't a person or sheldon isn't a cause she he is a person yeah yeah, so exactly and and then and then so they showed that and they showed the bullying even though it was fake but whatever that's still bullying nonetheless i guess so so and then when sheldon talked unique about that i thought like i don't want people being like why why are people acting this way or that way they can't just treat me like a person like i am and like that 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 landed the mark mm-hmm. and of course in, in coupling with that the best line of the episode was when i don't know his name but when you referred to the vocal adrenaline kids as rock lobsters well that was the best line of the, <laughs> oh, spencer, the spencer. <laughs> yes <laughs> i learned a 3.0's name spencer yes <laughs> oh his name is spencer okay well whatever i'm not gonna literally glee doesn't want me to waste my time so i'm i'm not going to mm. oh they, yeah they we've got they, Go ahead. They don't want it. Yeah, they don't want to waste their time. (laughs) Well, we've got Spencer, Roderick, Jane, and the Wonder Twins, the Flowers in the Attic Twins. Yeah, the Wonder Twins. I like to call them the. Yeah, I prefer to call them Wonder Twins (laughs) as opposed to Flowers. Well, there was the scene when they're all doing the show in uh, Rachel's basement. Yeah, and I kept think I kept seeing one anonymous dancer, and then I realized, oh, that's the girl from the Wonder Twins, and she just looks totally different when she's not in her. in her uniform. Yeah, he does too. At first when they, they panned the bar and he's sitting there, I'm like, is that John Raphael from Parks and Rec? <laughs> I'm like, he looks, the way he had his hair more done up. That's funny. He hasn't been back this season. Um, no. So totally off topic. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's not too much more to say about the Sheldon episode or Sheldon storyline, at least for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in the end it was it was handled uh, pretty well, and uh, you know, it, again, it's another part of what you're saying, Ed. Like, if this was a 24 episode season, I would enjoy seeing a li- little bit more of Sheldon just kind of becoming a character, you know, right. just being a face in the crowd. Right. And I think that would honor his transition. Um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, and honor uh, that character as being more than just kind of, you know, a statement as we got in this mm-hmm. episode. Right. Um, but I don't know that we'll get that opportunity. So we'll just see well, uh, what they have time to do. I, 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 to give Glee some credit. Oh, God. I hate doing that, but, <laughs> but, but you have to like, you have to think about, if you think about Glee as a reflection of how, uh, LGBTs are treated in American society from the time it started to now, Glee has, Glee kind of stands as like a bit of a time capsule in a very pivotal moment in America's history. That's very true. Yeah. So, so, so in a positive. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, like you, like you think about season one and how gay characters were hiding, and now, now all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but through the years, it's like ever practically everyone's gay. So I think several characters <laughs> have gone gay and gone straight, like just just because it was trendy in that time frame. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, like we said before, in the first season, it was a big care. It was a big deal to see two men kiss on the show. And mm-hmm. now it's like every other episode yeah. you're seeing, um, you know, homosexual kisses on the show. And it's really not mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh, we were watching. So last night, Jennifer was flipping channels um, and she stumbled onto a season two episode. Uh, it was the duets. episode where, yeah, it was duets mm-hmm. uh, where Sam so and... Uh- Oh, Quinn. was that lucky? Oh, that was so good. Yes. <clears throat> and everyone was fighting over bread to get uh, pasta breadsticks. Yes. Uh, they were getting, yeah, the best duet got dinner at breadsticks. And that was like just seeing not only that the show was so charming back then yeah. and that like like there was so much chemistry between Diana Agron and Court Overstreet in that know, episode. It was unbelievable, which compared to the chemistry we're about to discuss, um, it was so unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, but it was a, a big part of it, too, was that the entire kind of level of sensitivity around the Kurt and Blaine moments was entirely mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it, it has changed a lot over time. Uh, let's take a listen to a song. Um, we did. Uh, we're going to skip Same Love because I hate that song. And so... Uh, Let's go on to uh, all about that bass. I hate this song, though. You hate all about I, that bass. Okay, we'll skip no, that. No, one no, too. no. You can play it. You can play it. I'm just, I'm just saying. I have personal issues with Megan Trainer that I'm willing to get into one in one day if you'd like to discuss. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Because I have personal issues with Mary Lambert, so we'll just move on. That uh, here is all about that bass on the Cleveland podcast. Yeah, I have I have like a nice tall list of issues with this song, but it is catchy as shit. Oh no, I'm, it's <laughs> very catchy. It, it is it is a good song. I just my issues with Megan Trainer are just it basically comes down to 
I feel like all of her moves are calculated for financial gain without care of artistic merits. Oh, without question. She sat down with a giant sheet of butcher paper and was like, how can I be... How can I architect? Yeah, how can I architect a, like, modern YouTube generation, uh, you know, cultural moment album? And every song on the record is like, I'm proud of my size. Uh, I distrust boys. I am support... You know, it's like, it's all very moment. I, I don't know. It just, she bothers me, and I don't know. There's just like lots of things with her, and my biggest problem, like I feel like guilt every time I listen to Sledgehammer by Fifth Harmony, because I'm like, oh, I know Megan Trainor somewhere is getting money because I'm listening to this on Spotify. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is like the song is catchy as crap, and uh, you know, other than a couple lines in there, it's not entirely annoying. Her skinny bitches line bugs me every time. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is very catchy. It, I, is, it is catchy. While it I know catchy. what the bass is, I'm not sure what she means by uh, the lack of treble. Um, because she does strike me as buxom. But anyway, you know, it's perfect. I, I just wish, I just <laughs> wish she wasn't like, like, oh, I'm going to be Motown because that's so cool to be Motown right now. Oh, but it's the same reason that Ariana Grande is Motown, and it's the same, you know. Is Ariana Grande Motown, though? Well, like, I'm her gonna, Bang I'm... Bang song is just straight up, oh, like, you well, know. Okay. That's, Jeff, that's more Jesse J side. But okay. it, 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 I mean, it's it's the reason that, like, Uptown Funk is all horns as well. Like, this is kind of the, the you you're everybody's trying to play the, like, funk slash doo-wop at the moment. It's true. It's true. I guess, I guess the difference is, with other with those other artists like Bruno Mars and with Ariana Grande, I feel like there's, I I I can get a sense of real artistry in some of their stuff, and I've and I've listened to several Mega Trader songs, and I've yet to find anything like, oh, this is this is like you could you could have your in my mind you could have your like, oh, this is my stuff that's gonna sell, and this is my artistry stuff, and I've I've not even hit the nail on artistry thing for a <laughs> trainer yet and i'm like i'm just like come on give me something make me like you <laughs> <laughs> interesting well you know if we have time we can listen to this betty who song which if uh somebody had told me it's a cover of a song you know a, a british new wave song from 84 i'd totally believe you so you know that's the other angle but anyway, let's uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Sam Schull and the continuing evolution of Rachel Berry on this TV show we watch called Glee. Uh, Rachel Berry is getting evicted from her home in this episode. Um, she proceeds to tell the story to Sam in the teacher's lounge where she throws away a cup of coffee. Now, I don't know why that's bothered me so much, but it jumped out at me both times we watched it. <laughs> okay, so it didn't bother me that she was throwing out a cup of coffee. It bothered me that she was dumping liquid into a trash can and I'm sure there's a sink somewhere in there. It's so drop, weird. You don't throw liquid into a trash can because somebody's got to take out that liner and it's going to leak everywhere. I, I think she was actually throwing so away distract- a tea bag. Like the cup was empty but it was like that was the strangest thing. I've never seen somebody do that. Anyhow. Anyhow obviously she, uh, we're so distracted by the little things in this that that means there's nothing substantial to keep our attention uh well yes so uh rachel's getting evicted from her home and so they threw her a big party um as a kind of going away party 
for her house. Uh, I actually thought that was kind of sweet because it was a callback to, you know, the time that they had yes. the truth of dinner party and she kissed Blaine, which I thought was, you know, kind of a nice callback in the episode. Um, it also reminded me of the one time in college where I attempted to throw a party where we put up a microphone in the corner and I said, everybody bring a song and we're going to have like a group and it'll be just like this episode of Glee. This is long before Glee. Um, it did not go as well as... <laughs> It, it was not nearly as uh, photogenic as it was in this particular episode. I also like the party in the basement where essentially you're instructed not to look at or even identify the band. Just pretend they aren't there. But anyway, it, it was fun to see them together. And we got the continuing evolution of Sam Shell. Okay. Jennifer. I just figured out this whole, all of Glee is actually in Rachel's head. We're going to find in the last episode, she's in a padded room. And that's why nobody acknowledges the band. That's why we never see her parents. And that's why all these things have actual no real consequence because it's all in her head. And she's just rocking herself. And she's like, they made fun of my YouTube videos. They made fun of my YouTube videos. <laughs> it's just, yeah, MySpace videos. MySpace videos. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> that's it. This is, this is just some bizarre little fantasy world in a crazy girl's head wow dark. i'm gonna hashtag hashtag fictional endings that are better than the actual ending <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of amazing i mean i'd also love to just have like the very last like the writers they, are like shit they're on to us we get to the last episode like everyone's happy everyone's married because if you've seen the trailer for next week even more people are getting married um and so even more marriages every single character and you're getting married and you're getting married if there's any message that we are supposed to take away from glee it is that you should get married if you, you should, I, yeah you need to get married what am i doing with my life that's, what, that's all glee wants you to know if you are 19 um, to 21 years old you should be married right now you should or because 22 dead uh because on glee the second you turn 22 off the show not don't even I, exist I think- anymore doesn't Casey Musgraves have a song about this almost? <laughs> no, no. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but so, um, so yes, if the the show is definitely going to end with everyone's going to be married, and the last shot is going to be someone singing, and then right in the middle of the final Rachel song, Rachel isn't going to be married, right? At the very at the very least, we're just going. Uh, oh yes, I hope. I hope I hope in bet like in best case scenario that she's just either breaking up with Sam or is just dating him, and that's just how it ends. Like that's. That's the oh no, she's gonna marry Sam in the last. That's no, the last episode. No. She's gonna marry gonna Sam. Go their own way. She's got I to. It. It's gonna I, happen. I forbid it. All they're right. gonna they're We're- gonna blast into the last final song, and then halfway through the song, the drummer's just gonna throw down his sticks and go, "Why didn't anyone talk to me?" and storm off the set. They don't exist. <laughs> no, they, they don't. They can't. They can't do that because they don't exist. They don't. Exist. All right. I say the three of us. Snow globe. Fill out. Um, <laughs> you know like at least five characters what's going to happen to them in the end of it and we seal it and we do a reveal the last episode okay, I, I could i could do that i'd like to point out that i tore down my desk and i still have not found that <gasps> really that's crazy <laughs> that's i want to say it's still in there maybe no it's i stuck. looked hmm. um bizarre so yes uh you know we definitely got full samshell Let's put it like that. We got full Samshell in this episode. Um, he put together the party for her. They did some dancing. They did some singing. And they snuck up to her bedroom. And uh, I don't know. I'm saying like a like a standing second base is what we're going to call that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's I suppose it was as close as I'm going to get to giving a crap 
about Sam mm. Schull. Like, I'm giving a crap. I'm actively deciding to be okay with Sam Schull for two reasons. One, because when we watched that season two episode yesterday and Finn was in it, it broke my cold, cold heart. Uh, but also because of the line, I think two episodes ago, where uh, Mercedes was talking to Sam and said, I need you to mend Rachel's heart. And so in a way, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm letting Sam Schull happen because I don't want to see Rachel walk off into the sunset still broken, I guess. Not broken, but still struggling. Like, like at least if she's with Sam, she is, she she's mending, you know, she's able to love again. Like, I don't know. I would rather be alone and still somewhat broken hearted than have a friend send her ex-boyfriend who's still in love with her to my house to mend my heart. Like, like just hire me a prostitute if you, you know, I don't know. It's like we Brody tried that. Is available. Yeah, Brody is. St- <laughs> I want Brody find it. the show. It's true. Wow, it does all come back to the gigolo. Make some calls. Um, I, I just, I feel like. It's like, again, if it happened naturally, maybe it, do- it doesn't have to be like, like he doesn't have to be her next great love or her, you know, final love. But, you know, if at least it came about in honest and organic, in an organic way, I'd be okay with it. But because it's all so contrived and it's like they know, like he knows he's not that into her but I guess into her enough to take her up to her bedroom and, and do these things I don't know <laughs> it's just well it doesn't matter because like he said you're going to go back to New York and you're going to be a success and this is going to be your life there's no way that he's leaving Lima you know yeah no I mean there's no way it's going to end well they're they're both just killing time um, we don't in have that time very to 20 odd year old way well, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, I guess, to give Glee credit once again, like <laughs> life is life is messy, and sometimes you're in you're in things that you know aren't gonna last forever, and yes. and this, and maybe yeah. maybe Sam is is the stepping stone Rachel needed so that she can move on with her life towards her her past love, her past career, so that mm-hmm. she could she could she could be have her eyes open to new opportunities. I I get that and I'm I'm okay with that. It's just the way that the way it's also manufactured and not just by the show but by the other characters. It's like, it's like come on, people. Well, I know, I know. It's like it's Mercedes making like you're right. Every, at every turn, Sam is being like pushed on Rachel, not not by his own accord, but by yeah. Sue and by Mercedes. He's like. He's like, I'm not interested. Yeah, like, and then, <laughs> no, you are. You really are. Like <laughs> two seasons ago, when they were in New York and they were doing that kind of flirty thing, I'm like, okay, right, I can kind of see that. But now it's like it just seems like too little, too late. And it really, his hair is driving me crazy because when he was a blonde, he had sparkle in his eyes. He had like a, a glow to him. This hair is just sucking you know, like all of the color and all the life out of his face. So. That's, I think, the other reason he just has no spark with anybody. <laughs> well, let's take a quick listen to uh, Somebody Loves You, uh, which was the Clay song in this episode. Blaine and Kurt formed this one. And uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about Clayne, uh here on the Galifo Podcast. Oh. Who's around when you can't be strong? 
was our Clayne song. Uh, apparently, they felt it was their best duet since Baby It's Cold Outside, which is a lie. Uh, I can't think of a better one in between those two. I was also trying to think of maybe you remember, Ed. I thought Baby It's Cold Outside was a dream sequence. Maybe I'm um, wrong. There's I a thought listener. It was, I, oh, I don't know. They were doing their I'm Christmas gonna... show and they shot it in black and white. That's all I remember. Oh, okay. I, 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 did, I, don't, I don't think it was a dream sequence. It's going to be... Yeah. I, I I don't think it is. No, they're saving the dream sequence for the finale. <laughs> Listener Sonia is shouting at her iPod right now. Um. Um, but fun fact, the wheel that they use to determine the songs is actually, they just pulled it out from the writer's room. Yes, they, exactly. already, they, they didn't have to make oh. it. It was already made. That's how they. That's how they choose. Uh, that's how they chose Rachel's uh, love interest in this season. Yeah. It was just they spun the wheel. Okay, just okay. <laughs> so just to go back because we kind of just glossed over it. Like the whole focus of you know, they've got four weeks to sectionals, and this club isn't going to a worry about additional members to make them. Um, you know, eligible to compete. They'll disappear. They, why would they compete? <laughs> yes. They'll disappear. B, it's, it's the only rule anyone knows. Focus on the students, as the Wonder Twinette pointed out. She's like, <laughs> so this isn't about us this week again? <laughs> and it's like, you know what? I get the show, you know, acknowledging their, their faults and their shortcomings. But when you're doing it as, when you're making that joke as you're completely going in this crazy opposite direction, that's a little insulting to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fine. Make a self-referential joke long after the fact. At least acknowledge that you just let that thing go. But as you're doing, as you're making the jokes, as you're just ignoring, like, things that are important to, allegedly, to the, the show, I got nothing. <laughs> it's like, okay, so that was a little annoying. That And... All of that aside, I think the whole thing around Rachel and the whole kind of, you know, coming back to her basement was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we're back to clean. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, there's not. So clean. uh, Yes. So clean kind of got their groove back in this episode. Uh, Kurt and uh, wow. Kurt and Blaine uh, decided to perform or didn't decide. They, they Kurt manipulated, Kurt manipulated the wheel, uh, the wheel, the writer's wheel. And uh, (laughs) he was able to sing a duet with Blaine. They sang this duet, uh, which is an awesome song. No one will think about in two weeks. And then um, they went ahead and at the end of it, they had a nice kiss on the porch while thinking about old times. We got a name check on Jeremiah. Remember Jeremiah, everybody? Never saw him again. I remember the um, Gap. I don't remember him, but... That, yeah, yeah, we did get that awesome, uh, that Robin Thicke number in the Gap, which was fun. And then <laughs> memories. And uh, and then they had a kiss, and then Blaine broke up with Karofsky. Um, There's not a lot I have to say about this particular plotline, though, I did think the scene with Karofsky was pretty sweet. He almost took it too well. Um, I think that was the one struggle I had, is it was he almost took it too well. Uh, <laughs> he definitely knew it was coming. <laughs> put it like yeah. that. And he did have the great line, do me a favor, don't sing it. <laughs> don't sing it, just say it. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, what did you think of uh, Clayne's semi-reunion in this episode? Um, I, I, I guess it made me, since Kurt's fighting for it and Blaine wanted it, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm happy for them. 
I guess. <laughs> wow, that's 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 a very strong yeah, statement. Yeah, so commitment, such a commitment on that. I mean, I I felt like Crossy took it really well. I appreciate that. I guess it just it's just all I don't know. I'm like desensitized to the Clane romance. Just 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 get it over with and make <laughs> just have it be a good song. That's all I ask. Just have, song. have your wedding song be a good one. Jennifer, how did you feel about Klein? Yeah, okay. Krasky. So Blaine didn't break up with Krasky. Krasky let Blaine go. Yes. And yes, he was prepared for it. Yes, he was a little too cheery for it. Although, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I've been in relationships before where it's like, I, you know, you just know it's the right thing to do. <clears throat> doesn't feel good and you're not happy about it. But he was a little too happy. Um and Matt was fine, but then when Blaine goes to the school, you know, I was shocked by Kurt's like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm I'm going out on a date," you know. He's been like angling and stuff. He should have noticed like Blaine's urgency. He should have noticed like something was up with him, and not just accepted. Oh, I want to ask Rachel a question. It just like to me, it was just like Kurt. You can't be that oblivious after yeah. after he just kissed you. After you've been like, you know, just oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, manipulating you, situations. You, you couldn't be that oblivious. He just kissed him. If nothing else, I forgot about that. Yeah, just Kurt. I get so damn surprised yeah. at the school, so, but the kiss happened. I was like, hold on. Yeah, and then, so the fact that you know. Kurt was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going off on a date with my double date. You know, we're going to go have fun. Me, I was like, come on, Walter, you should have, like, whatever. taken pause and, you know, explored that moment a little bit longer. The whole thing felt strange. Definitely that end piece. I mean, we all knew what was coming. Like, we all knew Walter was going to, or I knew, Walter was going to be in there. I, I saw his not. name in the credits. I, I oh, thought I it was Bill I saw his name in the credits. I, th- I thought things were just going to work out. Like, when it was like, okay. I was like, okay, he's gonna show up to the school, and then Kurt's gonna be there, and they're gonna embrace, and then it's gonna, then a song will happen, and that that was how it's gonna end. Yeah. Uh, see, but I I knew because we didn't watch the episode until last night, and I would have heard the sonic boom of of Tumblr exploding uh, sometime on Friday if that had occurred. But uh, but no, you're. It, it, I, I personally, I was expecting Walter to be in there. I wasn't expecting the Sam Schultz just be like, "Hey, we're going out with them. We have all kinds of crap in in oh, common man. with them." And wasn't he wearing a bow tie on top of it all? <laughs> was it Walter wearing a bow tie? Oh, was Walter? I know, I know. Walter complimented Blaine's bow tie. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, I just it's like, come on, Kurt. You've been. You should have like you know seized the moment and noticed that there was something happening and that there was that he was there for you this is is everything he's wanted for the past three episodes which is might as well be an eternity and it's happening it's happening and you're like "Eh, whatever yeah and it's not like he you know it's like when uh when blaine kissed him it's not like he got mad at him or anything like that you know, it's not. Yeah, that's true. Not like he's like, oh, to spite you, I'm going to have a date with this older man. That's true. Know, yeah, Kurt weird. was kind of like unaffected. He was like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Back on with my life. <laughs> it I didn't just, happen. Ah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah it was so a little strange. I think that was my third final, third and final frustration with the show this week. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like that. It's like the events of Kurt manipulating the board, manipulating the spinning wheel, mm-hmm. their duet, the kiss, and then Blaine running to meet them happened months and months apart. It's like that's that's what it that's what it felt like. Like like yeah. so much time has happened that like oh clearly the kiss was a mistake. No. Not a lot of time has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. It was, like, it was like maybe I don't even know if it was it could have been the same day. I don't even know. Probably, <laughs> probably not that. But not very not very different than the same day. Oh and I, it definitely I, I definitely got the sense that Blaine broke up with Karofsky and then immediately was like, Well, I got an hour to kill. I'll drive over to the school. Yeah. See if I can catch. Well yeah, it happened all so quickly, but why would they back at the school when they were at Rachel's party? Oh must Would have been the next day. Next day. Okay, got it. Sorry, <laughs> but it's interesting because if you really want to get into the timeline, so they, so you, you picture that like they had the party at Rachel's house, and uh, Blaine has to leave the party early because they have an intramural football game, and then they, the next time you see Blaine and Krafsky, they're walking into someone's apartment, their apartment, um, their apartment, okay, their apartment, uh, with- a giant rainbow on the wall. Well, someone's apartment yeah. uh they walk into someone's apartment uh with a uh, uh and they're talking about the football game and then karofsky says you have been very quiet for the last two days so either karofsky has been talking about that football game for two days or blaine was being very quiet before rachel's party so mm. he was already thinking about it already in the brain yeah i don't know it's fun stuff uh so <laughs> let's um let's see if i can get some voicemails up here uh we've been having a couple technical difficulties so i will um i don't anyone get your hopes up that's all i'm saying uh so let's see if i can pull up voicemails um and we lost ed ed went to the bathroom jennifer anything you want to vamp while i pull up voicemails no should i play a song no yeah play play a song Oh, this is time after time. If you don't recognize that opening guitar riff, this is time after time. <laughs> yes. Lying in my bed, I hear the clock tick and I think of you caught up in circles. Confusion is nothing new. Flashback on nights almost left
right. Uh, well, I was able to pull up some voicemails, so let's see if we can make them work. Let's go up north a little bit. This is uh, from California. <laughs> Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. Um, I just got this is Anthony from Florida, and I just got done watching this week's episode. And I should say I had some major problems with it. I've been watching this show from the beginning. I'm a diehard Glee fan. Obviously, your podcast is the best part of watching Glee now. But um, I just have to say that the whole Samshul plot is just really bothering me. I feel like Rachel was developed as a character that she should end being a strong individual, not end up with some guy from high school, Sam. It just seems so, like, shoved together. They don't belong together. And Sam and Mercedes were so cute. Why are we just forgetting that? Why? Um, other than that, um, just the Beast storyline is also just, I don't agree with it. I think if they was going to do the transgender storyline, it should have been with Unique, because Unique just, it just flows better. Anyways, um, overall, this episode is disappointing, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say about it. Thank you for the show for six years now. It's been amazing having someone who talks about Glee and at least used to love it as much as I do because <laughs> we all fell in love with this show and it's sad even though it's not what it was it's sad to see what we loved once go okay um, thank you guys again and um, I'll keep listening till the end thank you as will we thank you thanks Anthony yeah alright now you. we're going to Maine <laughs> Josh Jen and Ed this is listener Jonathan I just wanted to say that I'm glad that uh, they had real Emma and not Femma or faux Emma on the show. <laughs> and uh, as far as your uh, request for from last week to have uh, unrealized uh, plot lines, season two finale um, of, uh, well, wait till New York, says Quinn, and was was it the haircut? Um, but I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys think. I thought it was okay um, as far as uh, how they dealt with it. I agreed with Josh. I think they should have uh, had her remain a woman because it was more of a interesting dynamic. Uh, but, I mean, they did deal with it uh, in a good fashion, so it wasn't a, um after-school special. I mean, it was better than that. So um, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Bye. Thank you, listener Jonathan. Here's another one. Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Lola, listening from Down Under. Usually I watch each episode so delayed I can't call in time for the voicemails, and the move to summer fri- move to Friday night episodes makes it worse here because it's Saturday Arvo. It's currently summer, so I'm usually at the beach. But I <laughs> wanted to make an effort this season since it's the last. And I'm thoroughly enjoying the last season. Well, because it is the last, and I think I'm approaching it with ready-made nostalgia. But here are some thoughts for this week. Starting with vocal adrenaline. Uh, their reaction to Will singing and rapping was us and me just all of this time over all these years. And then the look on their leader's face later when Will said he was thinking of quitting but wasn't going to was pretty priceless. They got their way in the end. Will got his way. Sad, sad Will, whose best friends aren't his former students, Rachel and Kurt. Hey. Speaking of Rachel, uh, she went back to being petulant, selfish Rachel in need of learning a lesson. I feel like we've done this a thousand times before. 
And Samchil, well, Samchil's okay, I guess. But one day, I wish Rachel would figure her stuff out herself. We've gotten some support from friends like the rest of us, sure, but still under her own steam. I'm sure that today was not today. Next up, Blaine and Clane. And wow, Blaine just keeps turning up at McKinley, doesn't he? I mean, doesn't he have anything else to do? I mean, I guess the Warblers never seemed to have a director before, um, so they probably don't need him, but still. This would make more sense if he actually was Rachel's brother, like fandom was imagining for a while. And then we had the basement party. So the episode with the basement party in, I think, season two was pretty much the episode that pulled me into this show. So for me, it was nice to have the callback and another party, and hey, look, it's Kurt trying to woo Blaine again, just like last time. If I wasn't being nostalgic and enjoying this season because it's the last, I would really roll my eyes. But then I also still kind of like Clayne. I'm one of the few, I know. So I may have done a mini squeal when they kissed. The immediate segue into time after time afterwards was pretty hilarious uh, for the way it made the story seem like a late 80s rom-com. Blaine's breakup scene with Karofsky just shows why people don't like him, though. He is such a coward, cannot think for himself cannot do anything himself. Also, has he not heard of telephones? Maybe Karofsky needed to give him better instructions. Okay, Blaine, say it, don't sing it, call him first, don't <laughs> run slow motion down a corridor. Because really, running down the halls of McKinley was never going to be the greatest plan. I really like the continuing reference to Dave being one of the most actively dating people on the show, though. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just getting out there, sleeping with all the guys. It's great. Uh, wrapping it up, I guess the Beast storyline was probably the big storyline in terms of what the showrunners thought was going on. It was okay. I liked how they focused on his coming to terms with what's changed and what hasn't changed in the world around him rather than everyone else's. And, of course, I liked the unique... Um, but, yeah, I guess that's about it. I wonder what you guys thought, uh, especially Emma's appearance. The dead did Will let her out of the crawl space onto the floor? <laughs> Who knows? I'll see you later, and... Uh, Oh, she got cut off. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, it's always fun to hear from international listeners. That's always fun. Uh, here is uh, here's another one. We got lots this week. Hi, Josh. This is listener Dave. I've been a listener of the show for a couple seasons, and I wanted to call in at least once before the show and the podcast ended. I thought that this past Friday's episode was absolutely spectacular. In fact, I think it was one of my top five episodes of the entire season. Like you guys, I was worried about the Coach Beast storyline and how the lead producers were going to play it out, but I couldn't have been happier with how it turned out. I thought that the acting, the writing, the makeup, everything really did a great job for the character, and I was happy to see how it paid off. Another character that I was happy to see come back this week was Unique, because and I know I'm in the vast minority here, I actually prefer the 2.0s, the original cast of the show. In fact, when I was thinking about that during Friday's episode, I realized that all my favorite characters from the show, Sam, Blaine, Coach Beast, were all added after the first season, which I thought was pretty interesting. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to call in and hear your guys' thoughts on this episode. Keep doing a great job, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts for the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, I guess he's not so much saying he prefers the 2.0s as much as he's preferring, like, Sam. The additional characters. And the additional characters, yeah. Sam and Coach Beast and things. So, and like, Blaine. the kind of yeah. post-original post cast. Uh, I mean, to say you prefer Jarly 
to any. <laughs> no, what he, he's saying he prefers the right. 1.5s. Yeah. The 1.5s. There right. you go. The 1.5. I mean, it's such a. I I was I was realizing that when we were watching that season two episode that Sam was a 1.5, and Mm -hmm. that there was a wave in between, uh, in between the 1.0s and the 2.0s. There was an injection in the middle that we've kind of just accepted Sam and Blaine into the 1.0s, which effectively they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, season one was a half season, if I remember correctly, wasn't no, it? No, it, it was, it just had two parts. Well, like it had two, it, it had two distinct narratives for the first 13 episodes in the back nine. That's right. There you go. But uh, it was one wow. season. Okay. So here's, I believe this is. Hey guys, yep. this is Sammy here to talk about transitioning. So, as you may recall from the episode I co-hosted, I had absolutely no faith in Glee to handle Coach B's transition storyline properly and with respect, or let's face it, at all. Hell has frozen over. Pigs have flown. Basically, the Glee writers have surprised me in a good way, which never happens. Let it be known that I am now eating my words, because I felt like this episode hit so many points on the head and handled it with a respect that was really touching. And I can happily say that it's one of m- one more show in a growing number of shows to respectfully represent transgender individuals. And I can help a number of shows on that list on one hand. So it was necessary. The choir at the end was unique, literally made me ugly cry. Not just <laughs> once, but every single time I have rewatched it, and that's been a few times. Watching Beast singing along at the end and look so happy and thankful just undid me. It was glorious. On another note, Emma is alive. Who knew? <laughs> with fake Emma last week, I didn't think we'd see her again. But I guess with a more Will-centric episode, it was to be expected. So am I the only one who kind of wanted Will to sell out completely and just go with the vocal adrenaline? Yeah. I guess it's the poor person in me, but I'd happily take a job where I didn't have to do too much and got those kind of perks and that kind of salary. <laughs> Will was living the dream and still managed to mess it up. Clean update. <laughs> I'm still very over them as a couple. They were awesome until the writers started finding ways to force drama and break them up. And with this episode, go all 50 shades of cliche on them. (laughs) Now it's just, eh. Speaking of couples, as you know, I dig Rachel and Sam. I feel like they have more chemistry than any of their separate previous pairings, and it works for me. So, for the first time in a long time, well, since the second episode of this season, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode an A-. It was solid. But that brings me to my biggest gripe about this season. It's like they have three different writers writing three different shows. Three episodes have been excellent, three episodes have been terrible, and the rest mediocre. I really hope they've gotten over their Hurt Locker madness and onto the final season train. Because we're running out of time, and we deserve better. Can't wait to hear what you guys and the listeners thought. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's... I I think they... shows tend to do a little better once they have you know an endpoint to shoot for and really be zeroing in on something so hopefully they are zeroing in on something simply hopefully they are uh planning ahead uh we shall see uh and one more voicemail here we go hey there josh jen and ed this is the listener luke here when i watched the newest episode trans transitioning i think it was called who even cares um I looked at my phone and was delighted to see that you hadn't recorded your episode yet because this meant that I could finally call in with my voicemail. I just wanted to say that I think that, I mean, I didn't really care about any of the plot lines on the episode. At this point, it's more of something that I'm watching other than anything that I'm really invested in. I'm just seeing it out. But the music has been kind of atrocious lately, and 
I thought that same love had to be a joke because I said, no, no, they have to know, right? They can't let Will do this. <laughs> and they did. And I was sad. Also that the new kids, the 3.0s or whatever we're calling them, haven't really been used nearly as well or as much as I would have liked this season. And I still think to this day that Homecoming is probably the best one so far. All right. Well, uh, you guys have a great day. I love the podcast, and I'll be sad to hear it end. Thank you. Thanks, and thank Luke. you, listener Luke. Uh, and we did have one more email. I, we usually don't read emails on the show um, just because I find – it doesn't make for very good radio for me to just read. Uh, but uh, someone sent in an email, uh, listener Steven sent in an email of his top five aban- favorite abandoned storylines from Glee. Ooh. And I know that we had brought this up. And so as other listeners, if you have your favorite abandoned storylines, uh, now is the time to start sending those. Uh, send them in because I want to hear what your favorite abandoned storylines are. Um, and uh, these are listener Steven's. So I thought I'd share them real quickly. Uh he writes, last week's pod got me thinking about my favorite abandoned storylines from Glee's Run. I prevent my top five in no particular order as they uh, as they all cause me great offense. Not really, but really. Uh, <laughs> number one, Ryder announces he is leaving Glee Club at the end of season four. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> he goes on to say, nope, he was back in season five. No mention whatsoever why he returned, even with the opportunity presenting itself in season five when Ryder and Marley had a heart-to-heart in L.A. He could have told her about him not giving up on Glee when Marley wanted to give up on writing. Uh, wow. I think I think listener Stephen paid a little more attention to the three or 2.0s than I did. Uh, but anyway, uh, he also goes on to say, number two, Sugar is back in Glee after bailing. I remember Sugar like left three times oh, and yeah. then came she back. She only came back when the club needed money, apparently. <laughs> exactly. Uh, number three, Tina and Mike's reunited love in season four never came. Uh, after the end of Glee, Mike wanted Tina to give them another go. Did it happen? Nope. Never heard of again. That's a good one, too. Uh, number four, Joe. Poor Joe. Oh, goodness. Right? Totally. I totally agree with listener Steven. Uh, Joe, poor Joe, how easy it could have been to write Joe Hart off of Glee with the the excuse of going on a Christian mission trip overseas Mm -hmm. or anything. He wasn't even worth that. And uh, number five, listener Steven's uh, top five favorite abandoned storylines from Glee. Number five is Kurt at Vogue.com. 100%. I agree 100%. Totally forgot about that. Totally abandoned Kurt at Vogue.com and was such a good storyline for that character. It's everything that character should have been doing and never went. Uh, Listener Steven writes, what the hell happened there? Sarah Jessica Parker was one of the saving graces of season four, but did they ever actually explain her and Kurt's internship away? No, they did not. So, Yikes. Uh, If you have your favorite abandoned storylines from Glee, go ahead and uh, send them in. I'm very curious to see what people think about that. I totally agree. Uh, There have been a lot of them. Um, That's about it for me, Jennifer. Do you have anything else on this episode? Just a couple of little side notes. Um, One thing that made me kind of sad in this episode was when they were um when all the you know the the glee members past and present were pulling down pictures from rachel's memory board of high school there wasn't a single picture of finn and i'm not saying it should be like a big thing um 
you know, that it should, you know, um, like be its own little storyline or anything, but it could have, he could have been there. You know, he was very important, obviously, to her in the show and to the Glee Club. The fact that, you know, no acknowledgement of it whatsoever. And it's like, I know I mentioned it to you and you're like, well, they can't keep going back to that. Well, like I mentioned before, it's like I was it wasn't out of place when it came up, you know, over the holidays. It wasn't out of place to me when it came up the first time that they performed together in competition. And, you know, Carol was there and like these sort of milestone times or when, you know, the remem- remembrance of a lost one will come up. And I think that just dismissing his existence was really hurtful to me. Mm. No, you're right. And and to bring him up when, they're, when they aren't making a statement about it right. would have been nice. Because yeah. you're right. Thus far, every time Finn, is, Finn has come up, it is to make a statement. And just the, to have him the, as a member of the club would have been nice. Yeah. I... I I disagree only because I thought that sequence in my mind was about Rachel letting go of the past and she did and she wouldn't want to let go of him. But she so, was but it's that, a transition. That was my take on it. But to me, okay. And I, and okay, I do get that. But because the show is called Transition, it's just moving on from one stage of your life and carry, taking those memories with you but not being held back by them. And I think if if she's truly going to heal, you know, as as a person, as an artist, and so forth, she can't forget, you know. True. But, and I, and you know, like it, it should be in her memory book that she's packing up and taking with her. That's all. Yeah, you're right. No, I, well, I that mean, makes I'm, sense to me. That makes okay. sense to me. But that totally. was that was, I think it. Oh, and then one of my favorite little uh, five second scenes in this whole episode was watching Spencer and Kitty fight over Pink Tutu and Kitty losing and looking <laughs> really hurt. And there should be more Kitty, too. I mean, like, she's yeah. amazing. And, and Kitty and Kitty. Artie uh, kind of reuniting a little bit, yeah. apparently. Uh, Ed, any last thoughts on this episode? I, um, no. I think we covered all of our... <laughs> Ed, you're in a new room. Every <laughs> time I look up, you're like, you have a different color background. <laughs> no, no, it's the same room. Oh, there it is. There okay. It is. Uh, if you'd like I to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at gleefopodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. We will be back next week to discuss the next episode of Glee entitled A Wedding, I believe. I think I, that's what I saw. For the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. Good night, everyone. character on Glee named Sunshine? Yeah, Sunshine Carathon. <laughs> <laughs>